Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of Enforce technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by Enforce technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Please, I was never given the payday. It's even accounted for, okay? 610B, now is the mandate. 610B. I'm out uh, here. We got a fire. One and a half story, single family dwelling. Fire shown from the second floor. Give me a second alarm on this. See up there, top floor. I got people hanging out the top floor windows with a baby. Commercial building, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke. Go ahead and strike a third alarm on my orders on this. We got people on the front fire escape here with windows fences below them. We need somebody up there. Yeah, let them know we got a job. I'm pulling up now. Second alarm, I got a one-story single-family frame, heavy fire showing from the attic. So we're using all hands. We got one line stretch, fire on the fourth floor, second line being stretched, primary stretches are underway. Hey, welcome back to the command post. I'm Chief Rick Lassie, along with my good, good buddy, uh, Chief John Salka, and um, we're back with our fire engineering podcast uh, and this particular episode. Uh, before we get started, um, John, welcome, and... Uh, how you how you how you doing? You doing better? I know you you, you kind of injured your wing there a little bit, but it looks like uh, progress is uh, being made. Yeah, yeah, a little 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 torn uh, uh, rotator cuff. Doing doing better. Yeah, I got the sling on and been treated. Been one of the under the knife ready. Surgery's done, so uh, we're in the recovery mode. We'll be fine. We actually left and we're on vacation with Donna Myrtle Beach, so I'm trying to make the best with my arm in this big silly thing. But uh, other than that, everything's good. Well, I know it's got to be driving you crazy because you were like one of the most active people uh, I know. I mean, I always joke about you get up at three in the morning and uh, it's like nonstop. If you're at home, you're like doing all kinds of manual labor around the house and running calls at the department and stuff. And I just know that's got to be killing you, you know, just to, you know, be limited with the use. So you'll be back. You'll be back to to normal in no time. So. Um, hey, uh, let's do this, John, before we keep uh, get rolling with this one. Let's remind our, our listeners, FDIC, I know is a ways off. It's in April. Um, but um, uh, calls for papers are open. The deadline's coming up uh, pretty quick, June 23rd. So if you don't have your submission in, you're going to miss. June 23rd is right around the corner. So make sure you, we're always, John will tell you, I'll tell you, we're always looking for new talent. We're always looking for that that new exciting uh, class that everybody starts buzzing and talking about. So if you got a great idea, um, you know, uh, submit it and uh, see what happens. Um, you know, there's only so many classrooms. So the quicker you get your stuff in, uh, I know we're going to be reviewing it. We've got an advisory board meeting coming up in July in New Jersey. So a lot of great things happening. It's going to be another great FDIC, uh, but get your stuff in. Um, John, um, 
I, uh, I mentioned this to you the other day. Uh, you've heard me in class how many times talk about uh, uh, John Ashman, Chief John Ashman, Captain John Ashman, um, you know, uh, about spec and rigs and about, uh, you know, the one the one fire where next door he's up on the landing and the kid with the nozzle. And you've just heard me talk about him so many times. What a great guy. What a gentleman. Huge heart. Great. Just a great person. Great dad. Um uh, but I, I, I know I mentioned this the other day, and I didn't want to start uh, without moving on, uh, without mentioning uh, John uh, passed away. Uh, he, he got sick, and we lost him. They just had his funeral in Louisville for him. So a gigantic uh, icon, if you will, especially when it comes to apparatus, hydraulics, instruction, teaching. If the, if the guy wasn't at work, wasn't doing something with his family, he was teaching. And uh, he'll be he'll be sorely missed. Another 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 great one gone. And uh uh, doing things in other place for us now, but and you recently lost uh, a couple friends. I'm telling you, you scared the you scared the shit out of me a while back when you sent me a picture of the memorial board. Um, I don't remember where that was at. You can clear it up for me in a second. When it's got the 343 on the one side, and then it's got those your 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 departments losing due to World Trade Center illnesses on the right hand side. But the scary part is. This just gigantic board that's empty, which isn't a good sign. But uh, and it's approaching. The numbers are approaching. The numbers for the post nine eleven are approaching the nine eleven numbers. Uh, it's just I, I when you sent me that picture, I just went. I think I think you 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 even said the same thing. I said that's so freaking scary when you see all the open space like they're planning, you know, but, uh, so you lost a buddy, uh, the other day, right? Uh, yesterday, well, day like, you know, like last week, uh, uh, Lieutenant Jimmy Burns, Bopo, they call him old timer, old timer from 46 engine, you know, a whole generation ahead of me, but I knew him and he lived near me and, uh, you know, retired now. And, uh, he, uh, he passed away quietly about a week ago. Great, great old time engine boss you know just a just a good guy yeah he had to listen real carefully when, when he was talking he wasn't it wasn't a loud guy you know and uh again of course i was away when it happened i was visiting my son I, I hate when that happens especially people that i know and love when they die and they pass away and you miss everything because you're away with the family somewhere and then of course uh just a couple of days ago maybe day before yesterday i was sitting out on the beach with down in myrtle beach now and uh neil farrell was uh, one of my firefighters when I was a lieutenant in squad one in Brooklyn. Neil was one of my guys uh, in the company. Great, great guy, great firefighter. You know, I got promoted out of there, left, and, and, and as, as did he. He got promoted, made lieutenant, got promoted again, made captain. He was a captain of 227, good, busy outfit out in Brooklyn, retired back in 2006, and uh, just passed away. Uh, I, I saw it on Facebook, and I thought I had missed something. I thought, oh, wow, when did he pass away? But it turns out, he had, he had just passed away. I did a little research, and of course, by the time the next day came and the next day came, which is today, now all the uh, arrangements are online and everything else. Not, another great guy, probably, probably my age, probably in his early sixties. Uh, and again, you know, you, you got to remember, you know, you and I, and of course our listeners, you got to remember, we're all on the same train. This ain't last. This is not going to last forever. Some guys go sooner than others, and. It just reminds me of all the other guys in the last couple of years that died, Harry Carter and all the others that we know. And I'll, I'll bring that up later when we talk about the topic for today. But, uh, yeah, so 
sometimes the, the only silver lining to these uh, tragic stories or these sad stories about guys is it just reminds you that, you know what, you got to, you got to make good use of your time. You got to, you got to stay positive and have fun and do things and make a difference and, and, and be nice to people around you and, and make a difference. You know, you can't just, sometimes you see people that are just cranky and whining and not happy about too much. And you say, man, oh man, the, the clock is ticking, you know, so enjoy life. Well, and you always said this, you taught, you, you actually taught me this a long time ago. Um, just with a simple phrase used to say, you never know how the day is going to end. I don't know how many times we've said that where it's one thing when somebody's sick for a while and you're expecting it and you're like, Oh, did you hear six months? He's been fighting it or whatever. She's been fighting it, but it's the surprise. It's the out of left field. You're like, where did that come from? And you, and you said it so, so, so perfectly just at one time and I'll never forget it. You're like, Rick, you never know how the day's going to end. Just like you said, you know, to run around with the boulders on your shoulders carrying all those boulders, the weight, you know, of grudges and anger and, and all that stuff. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's some people out there we see on television, other things, forgiving people for some pretty serious stuff. It's, it's time to move on and, and, uh, uh, and, and live your life and enjoy it because, uh, uh, you only got one chance to do it. But, um, so, uh, you know, we, we just, you just mentioned uh, a couple guys and when, and I know anytime you refer to him as a good boss, a good firefighter, Kind of like I just talked about John Ashman. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the backbone behind all the successful people we've ever talked about, John, is the fact that they're they're they've got a they, they've got their own particular love for the job. I think everybody's is different. Yours is different than mine. Mine's different than than so and so's and so and so's. But the one common theme we've always said about the great people we hang with, the great leaders. Number one, that all great leaders value family. Number two is that. They're always trying to learn. They're always trying to gain another perspective. They're always trying to grab something. Um, and, and and so that's why, you know, you and I just just talked like minutes ago about let, let's 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 do a show. And, you know, because we're always kind of grabbing topics out of the air. And the question comes up, I know, to you and to me from some of our our friends that we meet on the road you know, about why should I attend outside training? What's the big deal about, you know, is it what I get my department, my volunteer career department enough? You know, I mean, I have a life to live. I have a family, you know, when I'm done, I have to unplug and go home and I don't have time to go to classes and stuff. Um, so how about we visit for just a little bit here um, about the importance or or why, you know, I mean, some, some kid comes up and says that to you, John, look, you're a family man. You got kids and grandkids and, you know, you've got, uh, 50, 60 properties you're taking care of, <laughs> you know, you've got all this stuff that you're doing, you know, there's just not, you know, there's not enough time to, to go to training. I mean, you barely probably barely able to make the training you do with your volunteer department when you're on, you know, guy, when you're in the Bronx too. And so what do you say to them to, for starters, when it comes to somebody saying, so why, Chief Salka, why should I attend outside training outside my regular department stuff? Well, uh, the obvious first part of, of that the obvious first answer is you know it's, it's going to make you better at what you do it's going to make you a better firefighter it's just like all the guys that go to college and all the guys that that, that do other stuff it, it's going to improve your your abilities your skills your abilities your you know everything that you do your performance at work um which entail makes you safer and then you if you're a boss it makes your crew safer and you make your department more effective and all those other positive things but but as far as comparing it you know against like, ah, I want to spend time with my family. I spend enough time at work between work hours and overtime hours. I want to go home and be with my family. I, I hate 
I hate guys to do that because you can't do it. You can't compare it. There, there, there is no comparison. Family is always more important than overtime or going to a class or going to a seminar. You know, guys talk about time, 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 time. I don't have enough time. Well, well my answer to the question is, so make the time. You know what? Everybody probably does, with the exception of a guy that's got nine children that are, that's homeschooling them, and his wife is an ER nurse at night, and they live out in the woods off the grid, and they have to chop wood to stay warm. I mean, yeah, okay, that guy might not have the time. But, but, but the typical guy or gal, the typical firefighter or officer that lives in a community and has a, you know, a spouse or, or a significant other, whether they work or don't, I did it, you did it, a lot of people we know did it. Everybody organizes and juggles their schedules and, and one comes home and picks the other kids up at the school and drop them off so they can go for a night. Make the time. And, and, and the reason I say that, and we say it, we're saying it today, is because it really is worth it. The perspectives and the lessons that you learn at what we call, quote unquote, outside training, seminars and, 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 and conferences that are not hosted by or in your city or in your town or, or by your fire department, but, but elsewhere – you meet so many people from different places, from different fire departments that have different ways of doing things, that have different apparatus, that have different SOPs on stretching hose, packing hose, pulling hose. How, how many know, times have you called me? How many times yeah. have you called me, John, and said, I was just in this class? I mean, we talked about the seconds, you know, that class about they're not your seconds. How I can't tell you how many times you called me and said, couple of different things. One is you're not going to believe the new tools or the thing I saw at this fire department, this engine, this truck. But how many times you call me going, I just sat through a, a breakout session, a workshop for a guy. And he talked about stuff. I took, you You said this before, I took like 20 pages of notes. There's been and, so many times. And that thing that you just brought up, that seconds, you know, right? Those are not, those are not our seconds. That's such a gigantic lesson. It, it was, number one, it was somebody else's program that I sat through out, out there in Seattle. It was a great program. And then I, I was so impressed with it. Like you said, I took notes, I wrote it down and then I started talking about it. I think we talked about it previously on, on, on another podcast Then I wrote an article on it. Then I, I've talked about it in class. Oh my God. Dozens and dozens <laughs> of times. Other people have written down when I talked about it, they wrote it down and they're talking about it. Think about that. Think about the fact that I went to a class where another guy taught a, taught a program and came up with an interesting concept that, that I grabbed on and started sharing. Imagine if everybody in that room did that. Think think of how effective that makes that one class for that one guy. And think how valuable that lesson becomes. And you multiply it by, if I remember correctly, there was about 700 people at that conference that year out there in Seattle. Great conference. And you can multiply that by every conference, by every class, by every session, by every podcast. Even even just recently, this this past FDIC, you and I were in, were in the radio booth. They had that that they had the, the interview booth that had like the radio thing. Oh, set yeah, up. yeah, yeah. On the exhibit, not the exhibit floor, but out in the hallway with the glass walls. And it looked like we were on TV. It looked like we were News Channel 6, you know, and, they, and we were talking about stuff like we are now. But instead, we were in this little cubicle and all the thousands of guys and gals walking by were stopping and looking in and listening. And, and all of a sudden, people were picking up stuff there as well. Not because not it came from you and I, but because we're sharing it and because they took the time to be there. And that's the lesson we're trying to that's the lesson we're trying to make now that, you know, yeah, I know plenty of shop guys and you know, I've said this too. There's guys on the FDNY and you can add any other fight department there. The guys in Chicago, there's guys in Louisville, there's guys in Mineola, there's guys in every fight department that don't know there's even any other fight departments in the world. They think they're the, 
there are guys that don't know that there's magazines, firehouse, fire engineering, etc. There, there's uh, there's a department there's a department by me that doesn't know the city. There's a department by me that doesn't know the city of Dallas has a fire department. They think they're the only fire department in the world. They think FDIC's bank insurance. They have they don't have a clue that there's fire there's a fire department outside their own little tiny fire department. Absolutely, um, and but, and some they've been exposed to it. And once you are, you and you and I ask it all the time when we're at FDIC. When I go to other conferences, I do it. Who's here for the first time? Boom. Sometimes a third or a half of the class hands go up and you're like, wow, boy, you have just stumbled into one of the greatest things for your career, whether it be a voluntary career or, or, or a paid career. You've just stumbled into a great activity. That and, and now, now here's another secondary benefit that I love is I mentioned Harry Carter. I would have never met Harry Carter. I would have never met you. I would have never met. Think of the hundreds of guys that we each know that we would have never met had we not get involved in teaching and training. And whether you go as a teacher or a trainer or as a student, that we would never have been in contact with or got to know had we never gone to a couple of these you, conferences. You and I actually met at FDIC through mm-hmm. a, a mutual friend, Chief John Norman, because I met John at, 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 while attending classes at the University of Illinois Fire Service Institute, which we ended up teaching together. And then we would go to FDIC to teach and we walk around FDIC, you'd be there teaching, and he introduced me to you under the escalator. You're exactly Eddie Buchanan. Um, all everybody, Mike, the Mike Dugans and and the David Rhodes, you know, our new boss, and and uh, every, I mean, all the different people that we've met. It's kind of funny. You go, I didn't meet him like at a birthday party, I, I, which is fine. I'm just saying, I, I met him at conferences, you know, while attending other classes. And I, I do have to say something before you go on. When you said about getting out there and getting ideas and stuff. And I've said this before, and, and 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 you can take your name out of this, John, if it makes you feel better, because I know you're a humble dude. But I'm always amazed. I mentioned this in Mississippi the other day, which, by the way, the Mississippi Firefighters Association celebrated 100th anniversary and 86th of their conference, Mississippi Fire Chiefs and, fire, and, and Firefighters. Oh, my God. What an incredible conference, John, I told you. What a great group of people, family I, I I didn't want to go home. They were just awesome, awesome people. Thanks to my 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 family in Mississippi. But so hey, hey what story are you gonna tell? And you know whose name you can add? Because we've heard him talked about too. Our, our friend from Miami Dave. Well, Bill Gustin. So that that's what I was to say. So so exactly. So I you know, I told them the other day, John, I go, why is it such a surprise? And I I I guess that's kind of a rhetorical question I'm gonna throw. Why is it such a surprise? When people see Chief John Salkin and Captain Bill Gustav sitting in the front row, and the example I there's been three, but the one I'm gonna pull you it was at T, the Teeks Leadership Conference, um, and I, I think um, Frisco, Texas, uh, and it was a picture somebody posted saying, you know, I mean, a lot of the, I, I, this particular one, I I just got done teaching, I got there late, so I'm like in the, I'm in like the fourth row, you and Bill are sitting in the front freaking row of a massive auditorium classroom, if you will, both of you with notepads, both of you taking notes. And this young guy's going, this was like the coolest thing in the world. I just sat through Chief Salka and then, and then, and the next class was Captain Bill Gustin's classes. And I'm sitting through somebody else's class. And the two guys I just watched teach me are taking notes from the guy who's teaching now. And, and I, 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 I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. And now this is just me. Cause I, I know you guys. And that's how I think a lot of us operate in our circle of friends are like, and and that's a big deal. But then I realized, John, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't, they work around 
a couple people, not a lot that might not be as into the job, might not be interested. And they don't see that like we do, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, th this is my, well, the one guy said is a good friend. The other one's my best friend. And he calls you all the time. Tell me, I just learned this. I just got this. And I said, this, I said, both Bill Gustin and John Salka have over 50 freaking years in the fight. It's a hundred years plus of experience doing it too. And they still think it's appropriate enough to sit in the front row of a classroom, not in the back, in the front row and take notes. And again, take your name out of it because I know, you know, you, you don't like me telling wonderful stories about you, but I think that's an absolutely wonderful scenario to paint for a young firefighter. Like, and my thing is, so what's your excuse? If, if these two guys. And it's the same for everybody because anybody could wander into any class, sit down, and all of a sudden be exposed to something that they never heard of before. And I mean, obviously, that's why the folks like you that are on the advisory board for, for FDIC, that's why you pick the classes you pick. Wow, that looks interesting. That looks like something new. This guy's got some good credibility. You know, not like just any any buffoon sends in something for a class and they pick his hat, you know, name out of a hat. It, it's really analyzed and looked at. So the fact that the class exists means it's, it's probably been looked at and weighed by some other professional people already. And it's been valued, valued enough that they're going to they're gonna present it. So anybody, a guy with two years or 22 years or 42 years could walk into a class. And we've said this before, just like books, even our own book. We wrote in our own book, Five Alarm Leadership. This, this whole thing doesn't apply to you. There's some pages right. and not going to, just not the way you do things. Just, just flip the page and go to something else. Well, the same thing with these classes. If you're in a class for 90 minutes, you, you might. You might, 10 minutes of it might be the most important stuff you ever saw. The rest of it might be stuff you already know, you're already doing. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. What? Wait a minute, what is he saying now? And all of a sudden you pick up one new point out of a class. It's a success and, a, and it's a valuable activity then. Well, and, and you mentioned something about, you know, those that go through like certification classes and college classes. You know, you and I are huge supporters of higher education. All your children have their have their their degrees and trade schools. Um uh, you know, I want to mention the, the the college stuff first. You know, uh, we're we, we're in love with you and I with CSU and Waldorf Columbia Southern University. We have a great partnership with them. By the way, for our listeners, not only is CSU they've always been DETC Distance Education and Training Council certified, but a while back um, they received uh, their accreditation from the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, uh, the Commission on Colleges. They're they're an accredited institution by i think it's the three big accreditations so um uh and i think covid helped us realize that as much as and as fun and as great as it is going to a brick and mortar school there is incredible value and i can attest to this of doing online training online studies if you will if you're willing to devote yourself in fact it's actually more difficult i think for an online program because now CSU has incredible John professors that interact with you, but you're not sitting in a classroom where you raise your hand, you have a question, that kind of stuff. So you've got to put in the work, you've got to do the research, you've got to you've got to email your professors or message them on the on the on the on the blackboard, or um, you've got to be into it to do it. So um, I just want to say for those that pursue that that that's outstanding, and I definitely want to mention CSU's major major feat this last year. Um, gaining that accreditation i'm very proud of that because we were those of us on the advisory board there are intimately involved great, but this, they, great 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 organization they support us some of our programs oh. and very positive and and they the students really love the way they're treated they really 
they really put themselves out for the students, you know. Oh, they're a class act. See, Columbia Southern University, CSU is a class. If I was an alumni, I'd say that they're a class act. But the, the flip side to that, too, is and and you've got a son that's doing incredibly well. I mean, very, very successful young man. Um, the trade schools, our friend Mike Rowe that does uh, the dirtiest jobs and Mike Rowe works and uh, the voice for the deadliest catch, you know, very, very, very much educated person. But he also says, and I believe that not everybody, you know, on the one hand needs or should go to college. I use example, our next door neighbors, John, um, uh, uh, you know, back in Louisville, Krista, this incredible family, great mom and dad, the kind of parents you want, the kind of parents that raise their children right. Um, but uh, Krista went through nursing school. I think she married a Dallas police officer. She's done fine. She has her degree. Tucker decided, you know, I'm not going to college. He went to welding, the welding school, went to a welding camp for like, for you know, I forget how long it is. It's a long time. And and and, and you, you look at these guys and he's driving like an F-25,000 pickup truck, you know, big house with a pool, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it, you know, if there was a time growing up for you and I, where they said, oh, if you can't do it, why don't you go be a plumber? Why don't you go be an electrician? Well, there's a lot of plumbers, electricians, landscapers, motorcycle mechanics, you know, uh, welders that are making a bucket load of money um, and doing fine supporting their families. So there's a lot of different avenues, just like there's a lot of different classes and conferences. FDIC, we know that. Firehouse Expo, we know that. Um, you know, I, love, others. I, I love mentioning Jimmy McCormick because it is unique. It's quite different from really anything else that's out there. A lot of people do hands-on training. A lot of people do live fire training, but he's got quite a unique setup out there. And, and it's a gigantic thing. It's, it's almost like fire town, you know, firehouses and buildings and hydrants. And I mean, he's got everything in the world out there. You go out there for a week-long class, you might go to 20 or 30 working fires that are set and, and, you know, all planned out. The strategies are all figured in there. They got professional fire officers there supervising. They got their own MSU, mass service unit, and batteries for the radios. They got their own rigs, their garages and everything. It's just a really tremendous place to go to. And if, if you want to, like some guys say, ah, you know what? I work in, you know, I work in West Mudflatville and we just really do only two fires a year. We're great guys. We train a lot, but we only do two fires a year. And outside our district, we do nothing. There's not even any mutual aid. You know what? You can solve that problem by going to Jimmy McCormick's place because you can literally go and work at some, some guys go to the first 20 working fires they ever went to when they get there. You know what I'm saying? So it's just valuable experience. And it's uh, I've been there. I've taught there. My son's been there. It's just a, a tremendous place to go to. And that's what we're talking about that. And I know you and I say it all the time. When you look at your phone, when you look at your calendar, when you look at, you know, when you, when you, there's so many schools and training programs going on and training companies and firefighters that are doing training, you know, forceful entry training and this kind of training and that kind of training. It's just, it, it, you'd be shocked if you typed into your computer or your phone just to see what's going on every single day, every single weekend. Oh, absolutely. And that's why you, you, you said it perfectly, you know, there really is an excuse for, for saying, I, I, I don't know where the train, I can't go anywhere. Now, you know, a lot of it takes money, you know, uh, takes money to go to Jimmy McCormick's place, takes money to go to FDIC files. You know, I always, you know, and I'm very selfish this way. And, you know, we're, we're, we're on fireengineering.com right now. Um, you know, I, I love, and, and it's just me, you know, uh, sitting on top of the world, loving and honored to be part of an incredible conference like FDIC, which is, there's nothing else like it in the world. But, 
you know, there's things right next door to your fire department that how many classes our neighbors or the neighboring county chiefs association, you know, or your state chiefs association or instructors association, they're hosting classes, you know, right next door to you that may only be maybe a hundred bucks, 150 bucks, $25. Some are free, they're grants. But my, my question is, John, so some guys go, yeah, we, I went to the, I went to see, uh, uh, Joe Blow and Cindy Blow over in uh, Beeperville, you know, I, I spent the whole Saturday, the, I'm telling you, the class sucked or whatever. And I'm like, I've always said this, are there classes out there that completely suck? I guess. But I, I think my challenge has always been, John, is I, I, I tend to go in there with, okay, no matter what, I'm going to try and find something to take out of this class. You know, you said it before, like our book may not, not all, not only parts of our book may apply to you. You know, we always talk about, Rip, we rip out about a third of the pages and take the rest and make it work for you. Um, the reason we adjusted firehouse scenarios to a discussion and that we want you to use your department staffing, your department's responses to make it realistic to you and your team, how you fight fires. Same thing, you know, there, there, there's always something I think you can grab from a class. And you know what, John, sometimes I'll be honest with you. I've sat through some classes going, Oh God, this is not what I, is that what this guy wrote? And it's just, this is totally not it. And during the breaks, I gained more from talking to my classmates about stuff than I actually did in the class, you know, but right. so just the fact I'm going to outside training, I'm gaining something, maybe how we're going to go back. How many times are you going back to South Blooming Grove and go, Hey guys, I was just in Colorado and the same, you know, volunteer department, same size as ours. And they did this. And I what and your guys are like really, you know, and a whole nother idea, right? Now another thing is you mentioned already like paying for classes, and a lot of the private ones and conferences you got to pay for. Some are more reasonably priced than others. Some some are a little bit more expensive than others. Sometimes that has something to do with who the presenters are. Sometimes they're a little bit more nationally known or a little bit more senior people that have been for a while, and maybe the cost is a little bit greater for the for the host. But I mean, I live in New York State. New York State, OFPC, Office of Fire Prevention and Control. I mean, it's a gigantic organization that conducts training all around the state for free. You don't pay for classes in New York State. If you're a volunteer firefighter, you're a career firefighter, you want to go to the New York State class on, you know, whatever, ladder company operations or, you know, hazmat or, you know, firefighter survival. Those classes are presented at county training centers all over the state by state certified instructors who are, who are paid people. Who are, you know, a lot of them are career guys and volunteer guys from out the, from departments throughout the state. The point is, it it's is very, it's not very affordable. It's free. And then you talk about Sue, right? We talk about <laughs> Sue. I love Sue. And and the New York State Association of Fire Chiefs. And that that ex, that organization only exists. It only exists to train firefighters. It's not an administrative association. It's not. For, for, you know, for brotherhood of fire chiefs throughout the state. It's, it's to train, you know, New York State's chiefs and firefighters. And I'll tell you, they run live fire and a company officer training and a, a whole conference. Their conference is coming up the end of the end of next week. It's a whole big three, four day conference up in Syracuse is coming up next week. And it and you got to see the lineup. Uh, Butch Cobb is there and a bunch of guys I know. So, well, and how about you? You're you're right there right now. How about you right now? South Carolina. But my vacation constantly com, com, conflicts with the oh and then right here where I am in South Carolina. Yeah. The end of this week. The end of this week, the program is coming up. I think it's 15, 16, 17th. There's the South Carolina Firefighter Association right here in Myrtle Beach. Came back to the beach. They had it for a couple of years out in uh, Columbia. 
and then they move back here to Myrtle Beach, so they're here again. And and I'm always on vacation when it happens, so I'm always here and I always attend and you know see my old buddies over there, Bruce and the rest of them. But uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, and and here's an example of an association that has it in a place that's a tourist town. So a guy can you know what? See see so you drag mama and the two kids along with you. And, you know, you, you go to a couple of classes and then you go to the beach, you go out to dinner and you go to one of these shows and all of a sudden you, you make a vacation out of it. So there's a lot of ways to look at this. Well, and, there, and there's times when you need the budget and you and I've talked about it several times. We don't know how Columbia Southern pulls it off where, you know, we, we do the company officer academy and the, and the chief officer, the battalion chief school, if you will, um, both with CSU and without, you know, we started that and CSU wanted to jump on board and became a great partner with it. But we're both amazed. So you'll look in, I'll look and go, so the early bird rate for a three-day class with Salka and Lasky, which forget it's our names, as you say, with two instructors, is like 175 bucks. It's like, I forget what exact. It's nothing for three days. And that's your morning breakfast breaks, breaks, snacks, coffee, juice, stuff. Sometimes there's sponsors for lunches. There's usually a dinner. Um, so even some of those classes, and if it, I've said this before, if, if you can budget you know, to, to put like LED lights underneath your, the frame of your pickup truck, or you can budget for, you know, things like that. Once in a while, you can, you can, you can budget to, to attend a class like that. Um, you know, uh, a, a place to go that may have to make a little charge unlike the free ones. And there's plenty of freeos, you know. And you know what? And that's a perfect example of what you just made. You know, I do a lot of other things. I'm a hunter and I love working around my house and stuff like that. You know what? And and I don't hesitate. If I need something, if I needed a new bow, a new arrow, a new rifle, a new a new box of shells, so I, I go and do it because I make the time, I make the money, I put it aside, and, and it's important to me. Well, you just have to elevate your outside training interest to a point where, when you, you know, save up a little money, save up wherever it is you get, an overtime check or working a little extra on the side and put it aside and, and say, you know what? I put this money aside. I'm going to go to that conference you know, in the county next door, you know? Well, you, you said before there, there's so many opportunities, you know, and, and you and I have mentioned this in class before several times as well. There, there used to be a time, and, and we both went through this and a bunch of other people, you know, wasn't that long ago, if you think about it, it was for like a brand new generation, but you had to get, in the old days, you had to get, you had to pick up fire engineering or firehouse magazine. You had to pick up uh, the keys to your car and sign up and drive two hours, an hour, eight hours, four hours to see John Salka, John Norman, you know, Alan Brunacini, you know, people like that teach. You had to do, now, you know, you have to work extremely hard to not be interested. With the apps on your phone, with the webinars, podcasts like this, with, we do this with Fire Engineering, we do our old school, our hump day hangouts that you and I do with uh, Terry and Scott and and David now on the third Wednesday of every month. Um you, you know, the conference that you have to actually, you have, you'd actually do it. You'd have to do this. Like we'll pay you $10,000 to go live in a cabin in the woods with no telephone, no internet for a month. You almost have to do that kind of unplugging, you know, because there's so much out there now. There's so much training, so many opportunities out there now, you know, and one of the things, John, that, that I go back to, not just the entrance and the importance of getting the training, but you and I, and I'll, I'll speak just selfishly about the two of us, we're way too competitive. You and I have never settled for being second best. You and I have never settled for being just okay. You know, we talk about in classes on how both of us as chief officers, as in commanders, commanders have reached past 
people to grab crews that we like, that we know are going to get the job done because they train all the time. They do stuff. They go to outside training, you know, and we, and we say that, I think really the, the underlying reason is that that's what we did. And we realized the importance of getting out there and going to classes and going to conferences. Um, like I, I, I say, we have the luxury. You always say we have the honor to hang with the coolest people, the world firefighters. I think the luxury we have is just what I talked about you and Bill we get to go to classes sometimes, conferences that aren't just us, and go, hey, did you see who's teaching this afternoon? Yeah, hurry up, let's go grab lunch. I want to go sit through so-and-so's class. You know, and I go back to that, you know, and let me tell this real quick story, John. You remember this story about Alan Brunacini, our mentor and friend who passed away at 82. Phoenix Is this I see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 48 years in Phoenix, 26 is chief. So, so for our listeners, John knows this story. It's it's Chief Alan Brunacini, Chief Bobby Halton, and myself. So Chief Halton is driving us. We're we're going to do an FDIC advisory board meeting, but we're going to go teach in Rogers, Arkansas, which was like from Tulsa was I don't know how long, five hour, whatever drive. It was a pretty long drive to get there. Anyway, the whole freaking way there, you remember this story? I'm sitting in the front passenger seat. Bobby's driving. Bruno's in the back. Every twenty minutes. He's tapping him on the shoulder, hand me his phone, read this article, look at this video, look at this picture. What do you think? And I finally looked at Bobby. I go, this guy's got like 70 years in the fire service. Does he ever stop reading articles and learning? And Bobby goes, well, that's Bruno. And I went, you know, that, that, that's how you, you know, that's how you should, you should aim to be continuously interested in your profession, especially in ours. What do we say in class, John, in the, in the, the, the battalion chiefs Academy, you know, as a company officer, why would you not want to train your people for a job that could kill them? This is not about how I can make a better sandwich or a better pizza. This is how I can do my job better, save people's lives. And seriously, even more seriously, our own, right? Hey, if I was sitting behind you on that trip, how many times would I have tapped you on the shoulder? <laughs> uh, None. Well, None. I've been asleep. <laughs> in the car yeah but seriously i mean we're, we're always nudging we're always buying books not just and i'll just say it, not even fire books or you how many times in the airport do you buy a book written by someone that had you know great concept or whatever and so on and so forth but i mean you know again outside training it's one thing to say yeah my department does plenty for me my career volunteer department i don't believe that's ever enough and i know as I required for my train chiefs what I required of myself as a train chief, John. That was we provided the monthly training calendar, but it was up to the officers to provide their people with additional training. It was up to the officers to come up with ideas. It was up to the officers to come up with, you know, in, in the training calendar, we give SOPs, SOGs to, to, to review with their crews, um, company quick drills, and the regular monthly topics. But it was, abs- in fact, so much so, you know this, we talk about this during the company officer class, that the company officers and part of the, one of the core competencies they get evaluated on a performance evaluation is crew professional development. What are they doing beyond the regular training topics to train their people? And you, you, you actually have pictures from 88 engine other places when we do the one class of, of guys on the second floor of, of the firehouse, 115 year old firehouse, Doing donning, doffing, reduced profile drills with, with their SCBAs. Yep. And, yep. And, and and John, and I've said this before, 88 engine, 38 truck, eh, just a wee bit busy in the Bronx, okay? And you know I'm being sarcastic by saying it because they're very busy. 
Why is it always the the the, the busiest fire companies, the busiest fire departments that the Stockton, Californians, Wichita, Kansas, Louisville, Texas? Why is it the busiest ones that train the most and the slowest ones that train the least? Yep, it is. It is unfortunate because it should be across the board the same. Everybody should be training, you know, as much as possible, and and it's just not true. And that's why we're talking about it today, you know, to promote that idea. Well, and, you know, and, and it also goes on using the talents of the people in your department. I think sometimes you'd be absolutely surprised at what your own membership knows that guys you've never talked to that, you know, you've got people that have all kinds of talents you can use. How about your mutual aid and automatic aid partners? We, we recently, you know this, we recently did Iowa Park. We run uh, automatic aid. They're a great fire department right next to Wichita West where I'm a volunteer and our two chiefs set up a, uh, uh, a little mutual aid drill. We went over to Iowa Park. They had a house that was going to be wrecked, and we couldn't burn it, but we tore it up. And we did, we did first line, second line, um, primary search, fourth century roof ops. You know, overhaul. We did. We talked about organizing the fire, and we did the whole thing, which is an empty old house that was getting tore down. Um, that was going on. That was that was on a Saturday. That was two days. We picked out of the blue that had nothing to do with our training calendar. Um, you know, so there, there's tons of stuff out there that you can get to if you want. Um, you just got to find it. So um, the importance, again, you know, of, of attending outside training, I know everything's a budget. And we look, we, we understand, folks, John, how many times we told people we remember living paycheck to paycheck when we were when we were first starting out in life with our jobs. And we know that it, it, things can become expensive in that. But you, you said it perfect. There's a lot of free stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's you know, eight hour class, you go for 50 bucks and it includes your lunch and your coffee and your breaks and stuff. Uh, um, if you're willing to look for it, I'll just say that it's there. Um, yep. FDIC is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. John, I've been teaching her forever. Um, but, but, you know, there's FDIC, there's so many classes, um, so many state organizations. Uh, we in Texas, we've got some great organizations here uh, from the state associations that provide quality training and a lot of times for next to nothing, um, or if it's, you know, the academies and stuff, obviously they've they got to pay instructors and stuff with a lot of stuff. But um, any other thoughts before we wrap things up on why uh, I should attend outside training? We touched most of it, but like you said, the one point I want to uh, reemphasize was just like college, you know, you used to have to go to college to get your education and now you can do it online. And the same can be said, obviously it's not hands-on, but you can get a lot of good, fire service training online, sitting in your home, sitting in the firehouse, hopefully there's, hopefully there's computer accessibility in the fire stations where everybody's working or in the volunteer firehouses. You can get a lot of training. You can watch a lot of videos. You can look at a lot of good instruction. You can even attend some of these conferences via uh, computer, you know, right. online. So there's a lot of stuff to be said for not even having to travel anywhere. Well, and COVID did that for us. You and I have talked about that, you know, like working with a lot of people, telecommuting, working from all, oh, you can't work from home. You have to be here. All of a sudden, well, I guess that does work. And I've said this before. If I if I study a particular a couple of different books for a, a class or a book for a class or the curriculum, and I take a test in the classroom and achieve an A, I get I get I get a perfect score. I get a hundred. Or I take that online at home and I get a hundred. Someone needs to tell me what the difference is. You know, there isn't. If I get a hundred in the classroom listening to John or Rick teach and I get a hundred studying the curriculum. You know what I'm saying? Now there's granted there's, there, there, you know, there's a little bit more information you're going to get from someone who's 
who's monologuing besides the curriculum. I understand that, but like you said, there, there's 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 ways, there's means, there's there's opportunities for you to get this stuff. Uh, I, I'll go back to the competitiveness, John. Who wants who wants to be the firefighter that you hear me say all the time? Where's the company logo shirt that says "We suck less"? I want to be the best. I want to be the one that Chief John Salka, you know, goes, Rick, come here. No, you, you, you guys, wait a second. You come here. I want to be the go-to guy for people like you. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the one that you pick first uh, when it comes to, you talk about these people all the time. And the people that you talk about all the time that you brag about, the Timmy Kletz and the hundreds of other guys that you brag about, the, the common theme there again is they're hungry they never, they're never satisfied with their own abilities and their own competencies, and they're always hungry for training and classes, and a lot of times it's beyond. And, and how many of them come back, John, from classes to their own department like they should go, oh, let me teach you. Let me show you what I just learned in that right. class with Bill Gustin or, with you know, with, with, with you know, John Salk or whatever, that kind of stuff. Uh, so there's some great opportunities out there. So, well, hey, buddy, um, I know you've got uh, – 155 properties to take care of and 17 grandchildren um, uh, and all that. <laughs> and you got to go back to, I was so lucky folks to steal John. He, he, he Believe it or not, he actually does take a vacation once in a while. Uh, and there's a couple he takes every year. So to be able to get him to steal him off the beach while he's out, uh, you know, because he's like a freaking workaholic. But uh, John, if they want to get a hold of you, best email. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And folks, if you want a copy of his latest book or any of his books, uh, get a hold of him. Uh, the only problem is, I think they're reprinting again uh, your newest book uh, because they keep selling out of it. Um, uh, somebody just posted it the other day and, and uh, talked about like 20 years of articles and experiences and stuff, and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, it's just, it's a great book. So if you want any of John's stuff, get a hold of him. I'm at chieflasky at gmail.com. Uh, we never end any of our shows without asking a couple things. And, uh, and, and, and it's, I guess it's a, it's a brilliant statement uh, when, it, when it comes to how we feel about uh, those that are important in our lives. And please never, uh, you know, forget that the, the men and women out there serving our forces are very special people uh, and keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, less than 1% of our nation's uh, population actually serve in the armed forces. Uh, John's got two sons, uh, one that uh, served in the Marines, one that currently is a major in the Marines. My son served in the 80s, an FMF corpsman. Uh, so very, very close, dear to our heart. But please keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And, and, and probably the most important phrase of all, and you can apply this to law enforcement, to our men and women served in the armed forces and our firefighters. Never forgetting means just that. Never forgetting. We'll see you next time on the command post. God bless you. And thanks for listening.